0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 22. The Bible says that when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is uh, said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Amen. And uh, this is a passage of scripture, we'll get right into it. And Brother Dan, while you're walking back there, would you check that air? We might need a little, little bit of cool air, don't freeze us out, but um, you could check that for us. You know, Luke chapter 2, I love this chapter, I love this story. Of course, it contains the Christmas story. If you notice in verse number 20, that's where it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Well, then you jump to verse number 25 and you find the story in the temple of Simeon and the story of Anna. And we've, I've actually preached about both of those characters here in the last few weeks. But there's a section in between that I'll be honest with you that sometimes I just kind of gloss over. But this last week or so, I've been studying this passage, and God has used this to help me. I hope it'll be a help to you. And I'd like to preach this morning on what to do after Christmas. Or you could say, How to start off a new year. This was a brand new time for Mary and Joseph. They had a Brand new baby. You say, well, how brand new was this baby? Well, in Luke uh, 2.20, the baby was just born. Verse number 21, the baby's eight days old. And in verse number 22, the baby has been alive for 40 days. I'd say that's pretty young. I'd say that's a pretty new start. And uh, if you uh, have experienced that recently, uh, then you know what that means. It means you don't get a lot of sleep, right? Now, you grandparents, you don't know what that means because you spoil them, rotten them, you send them home, and then the parents have to do the damage control. But for mom and dad, I say probably more for mom, you know what that's like. The middle of the night and the late nights and the early mornings and all that goes into a new baby. Well, here we are at Victory Baptist Church. We're starting a new year. And by the way, whether you're ready or not, this new year is here. This is January one. And you're going to have to decide how you're going to start the new year. I'm going to have to decide how I'm going to start the new year. Can I tell you, I want to make the most of it. Uh, As our theme is for the year, follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I want this year to count. I don't want to look back at the end of the year, December 31st of 2023, and say, you know, I kind of let this year slip by. I wasted it. I didn't live for God. And so I want to preach to you this morning on this simple subject, what to do after Christmas or how to start the new year. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us and I pray that you'd help us and give me the words to say. Give me the power of the Holy Spirit of God to say it in the right way. But I pray that you'd take my words and I pray that you would, through your power and through your word, I pray that you'd speak to hearts this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated at the start of a new year. Uh, at the start of a life, at the start of a family, at the start of a new season. Uh, I think about And of course, I, you know, I, I knew as of a week or so ago about Tristan and Madeline getting engaged. But they are, this is new for them. Uh, there will be a marriage and there will be a, a brand new uh, a, a couple, a brand new family. Maybe you're starting a new job this week. Maybe you're starting back to school. Maybe you're starting a new responsibility. Maybe you're at a new phase or a new stage of your life. Can I tell you, there's some things that God wants us to do at the start, at the beginning. Number one, I see in this passage about Mary and Joseph. I see that they had a law to keep. It says in verse number 22, And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, that was Forty days of purification after the birth of a baby, after they were fulfilled, accomplished, the Bible says they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now, let's be honest here. If anybody could have said, the rules don't apply to us, the law doesn't matter to us, if anybody could have said, hey, we are the exception, I think it could have been Mary and Joseph. Now, we know what the Bible says. We know what Moses wrote. But this is baby Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior of the world. Certainly, we don't have to follow the letter of the law. But you know what? They did. Did you know that sometimes the longer we're saved, the more we think that the Bible doesn't apply to us? The more we think that we can just skate on by? The more we think that we don't have to read it? We don't have to pray? We don't have to go to church, we don't have to give, we don't have to serve, we don't have to tell the truth, we don't have to do those things, because after all, we've been saved a long time. Well, friend, I want to tell you, the longer you've been saved, that doesn't give you the right or the exception from obeying the Word of God, all the more so we ought to obey it, all the more so we ought to follow the Word of God. I see there was a law to keep. Mary and Joseph obeyed the law. Verse 21, there were eight days accomplished for the circumcising of the child. That was the Old Testament law. Verse number 22, the days of the purification, that was 40 days. That was the law that had been given to the Jews. The Bible tells us that as soon as the purification was accomplished, they went to the temple. Did you know, according to Old Testament law, this was the soonest. That Mary could set foot inside the temple after her purification. Now, friend, I want to tell you, that's a great lesson for us. And I commend you today on this first day of the new year. You know, this was the soonest you could be in church in 2023. And you're here. You made it. We ought to be in church as soon as we can get to church, as soon as we can get to the house of God. I think we ought to be in church, not less and less, but more and more. What a great lesson to get to the house of God. We see in verse 22, the law of Moses, verse 23, the law of the Lord, verse 24, the law of the Lord, verse 27, the custom of the law, verse 39, the law of the Lord. I've said it before, but I'll remind you, the Jews had three sets or three types of laws that they followed. They followed the ceremonial law. Uh, Those were the laws of the sacrifices. That's why they came. They brought, the Bible says, uh, two Turtle doves. You ever wonder where that comes from in the 12 days of Christmas? Well, Mary and Joseph brought two turtle doves. That's what they brought as a sacrifice to the temple. There was the ceremonial law. There was the civil law. The civil law for the Jews would be the equivalent to our tax laws. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. This, this is not a good time to talk about that. This would be the equivalent to our speed limit laws. And some of you feel about The speed limit, about the same way you feel about the taxes. You don't like either one. But those are the laws. And the Jews had ceremonial laws of sacrifices and the priests. and They had civil laws, the laws of the land, but they also had a moral law. The moral law was the law of God, where God said in the Old Testament, be holy. And he repeated it in the New Testament and said, be holy. The Old Testament law said, thou shalt not kill, but the New Testament, Jesus said, I say unto you, he that looketh on his brother and hateth him, he has has committed that sin in his heart. You see, the New Testament, yes, we're under grace, and yes, we have liberty in Christ, but we don't have liberty to sin. We don't have license to sin. We've got liberty to do what's right and to serve God, and Mary and Joseph followed the law. Verse 41, they went to Jerusalem. The Bible says every year at the feast of the Passover, they did not miss the Passover. Verse 42, when Jesus was 12 years old, they went to the temple. Verse 43, when they had fulfilled the days, they did what God required of them. The Bible tells us that Jesus obeyed the law. Jesus suffered the curse of the law, but Jesus also set us free from the bondage of the law. Aren't you glad that we're not under the law? Aren't you glad that we're under grace? Aren't you glad that what the law could not do, Jesus came on the scene and Jesus came and he sacrificed himself. He paid the price for our sin so that we could be free from the curse of the law. I'm here to tell you today, We don't have a law to keep like Mary and Joseph had, but we have a Bible to obey. And on this January 1st of 2023 to the Victory Baptist Church and to those who are watching and to those who are listening, I want to say that God and his word have not changed. Yes, the society has changed. I think 22, I think we've seen some major changes in society. I think we've seen major changes in our world. I think we've seen major changes in how sin has been glorified and how sin has been justified and how sin has been promoted. But friend, I want to remind you, the last time I checked, God's word has not changed. Amen. And we have not a law to keep, but we have a Bible to obey. Say, well, pastor, I can't believe that we have to obey the Bible. Ah, that's so hard. That's so rough. Well, James chapter 1, the Bible is referred to as the perfect law of liberty. Isn't that amazing that you could take the word law and the word liberty, and you could put them together. That's what the Bible is. You see, the Bible is not a book of rules that we have to obey, but rather the Bible is the word of God where he has showed us how to live so that if we obey, we can experience blessing. You're never going to obey this book and say, Oh, man, my life's so hard. Oh, things are so terrible. No, no, no. You obey this Bible and God will bless you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You want to have a successful 2023? You get in the word of God. You, believe, you live it, you, you follow it, you obey it, you memorize it, you meditate upon it. You see, we don't have to obey the Bible to get to heaven. We obey the Bible because we are going to heaven. We're not working for salvation. We're working from salvation. I'm not, I'm not reading the Bible, and I'm not studying the Bible, and I'm not obeying the Bible so I can be good enough to get to heaven. Friend, if I had a thousand lifetimes, I couldn't do enough good to get to heaven, and neither could you. I'm not following the Bible. I'm not obeying the Bible so that I can get to heaven. I'm following the Bible because I'm on my way to heaven. Because Jesus Christ moved in. He took up residence. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. I want to encourage you in 2023 to fall in love with the Bible. David talked about how much he loved the Bible. It is your bread. It is your food. You ought to love the Bible like You love to eat. And all the Baptists in here said, amen, because we like to eat. The Bible is your lamp. It is your map. It is your compass. It is your guide. It is your foundation. The Bible is your power for living. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I see after Christmas or or the start of a new year, what do we need to do? Number one, I want to say we have a Bible to obey. We have the word of God that has been given to us to show us how to live in every area and every facet of life. Number two, not only a Bible to obey, but number two, I see there's a sacrifice to offer. The Bible says that they went to the temple. Verse number 22 They brought Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. We'll talk about that in a moment. But then it says in verse number 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So not only do we have a Bible to obey, but number two, we see in this new year, we have a sacrifice to offer. We have something that God requires, something that God expects us to bring as a sacrifice. You say, well, why did Mary and Joseph bring a pair of turtle doves or or two, uh, uh, two of those young pigeons? Well, when you read the Old Testament, you discover that if a person or a family, if they were poor, then they were excused from bringing a lamb and they could instead bring those small birds. So what does that tell you about Mary and Joseph? They were poor. They didn't have much. You see, at this point, the shepherds have come, but the wise men have not yet come. And the wise men brought all those gifts, the gold and frankincense and myrrh. But here, Mary and Joseph, they didn't have a lot. They didn't have much to bring. They didn't have much to offer God. Friend, can I tell you, sometimes isn't that the way we feel? We look at somebody else and we say, that person, they've got so much more to offer God. They've got more money. (laughs) Maybe they got more time. Maybe they got more talent. Maybe they have more ability. It just seems like that, that they could do so much more for God than I could do. And you may be here this morning and you may feel like you don't have much to offer. I wonder if Mary and Joseph as they went to the temple and as they were obeying God, but as they were looking around and they saw all the people bringing the lambs, I wonder if they went and I wonder if they were a little embarrassed. I wonder if they felt a little ashamed that they didn't have more to give. And they brought those two little birds to offer as a sacrifice. But can I tell you something? They didn't have a lot to offer, but they did what God expected them to do. They obeyed God and they said, God, we don't have much, but we're going to bring you what we have. In 2023, you may not have a lot to offer God, but just give God what you have. Just give God your best. Don't worry about everybody else. Don't don't focus on what everybody else is doing. You will get discouraged if you focus on that. But you say, Lord, I may not have a lot, but what I have belongs to you. A sacrifice to offer. Just give God what you have. Just give God your best. If you will obey, you'll be amazed at how God can take the little that you have and God can use it greatly. You see, Mary and Joseph didn't have a lamb to bring. They just had two small birds to offer as a sacrifice. But hang on. It says in verse number 22 that they brought him, that is Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. They didn't have an actual lamb. They had a better lamb. They had the lamb of God. And as they're coming, they felt like they didn't have a lot to offer. But can I tell you, they had something better than anybody else had to offer. They were bringing baby Jesus. They were bringing the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. Now, hang on. Don't get too excited. Don't get too carried away. I just said that the Lamb of God would take away the sin of the whole world. Now when the, the, the sacrifices came to the temple, that lamb would atone for the sin of that family. And that lamb, that, that, that physical lamb, that actual lamb, the blood was shed and that blood would cover the sin for a year. But when Jesus came, the Lamb of God, he didn't just cover sin, he took it away. Hallelujah. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Our sins have been buried in the depths of the sea. They've been forgiven. You and I have been justified by the blood of the Lamb. They brought the Lamb of God. They may have been poor in the eyes of man, but they were rich in the sight of God. I'll tell you this morning, if you have Jesus, if you've been saved, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, can I tell you, you've got more riches than all the bank accounts, than all the treasure chests. You've got more riches than all the, 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 the oil fields and all the, the, tech, the, the tech CEOs in, in all the world. You've got more money. You've got more treasure than all the world combined. If you have Jesus, you have the treasures of God in your possession. I see not only, number one, a Bible to obey. In the new year, after Christmas, a Bible to obey. There's a sacrifice to offer. There's something to give to God. There's something that God wants you to bring Him. But I see, number three, I see there's a life to present. Would you turn with me, please hold your place in Luke 2 and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We often use this verse for young people. We use this for teenagers and and young adults, but I want to tell you this is a verse, and this, this is a passage that we all need to apply. It says in Romans 12, in verse number 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your what? Your bodies. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We see that God wants you. God wants me. God wants us to bring, not a lamb. And you say, well, how do we know we're not living under the ceremonial law of the Old Testament? Well, none of you brought a lamb this morning to church. And by the way, thank you for not doing so. Thank you for not bringing two turtle doves. Thank you for not bringing two young pigeons. Can you imagine what would be going on in here? But God did want you to bring a sacrifice this morning. And he does want you to present a sacrifice every day of your life. He wants you. He wants me. He wants us to present our bodies a living sacrifice to him. Notice with me back in Luke chapter 2. The Bible says in verse number 22, it says they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, Jesus is 40 or 41 days old at this time, but they're bringing baby Jesus to give him back to the Lord. You say, why? Well, look at verse number 23. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So here is the firstborn male. Child is brought and is presented as holy, as, as set apart, as sanctified unto God. The firstborn, and I don't have time to get into this this morning, but the Bible talks a lot about the firstborn. The Bible talks a lot about the first fruits. The Bible talks a lot about, in the New Testament, the first day of the week. God wants what is first. God wants what is best. God requires the first. So here Mary and Joseph have brought baby Jesus to present him, to give him to the Lord. This morning, God wants you. He doesn't just want your firstborn. He doesn't just want the first day of the week. He doesn't just want the firstfruits, the tithe of your increase, although he wants those things, and those things belong to him, by the way. But God wants you. He wants you to present your life. He wants you to present yourself a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that this church at Corinth, this they did, not as we hope, but they first gave their own selves to the Lord. The Bible says thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. So here we are this morning and you say, Pastor, how do I offer myself to the Lord? I know how to give an offering. I know how to get an envelope and I know how to come to church and I know how to put that in an offering plate. I know how to give an offering online. I know how to, how to do that by, by check or by mail. I know how to do that. I know how to give something tangible, but how do I give myself to God? Well, there's a couple different ways. Can I tell you one way you give yourself to the Lord is when you spend time with the Lord. It's when you give God your time. You know, your time is the most valuable thing you have. And when you give someone your time, you are giving a part of yourself to them. How do you spend time with God? Well, when you read the Bible, that's God talking to you. When you pray, that is you talking to God. How would you spend time with your spouse? How would you spend time with your child? How would you spend time with a friend? You talk to them. They talk to you. You spend time together. We're going to call that, or I'm going to call it this morning, you can call it whatever you want, but I'm going to call it our walk with God. If you want to give yourself to God in 2023, it's going to take a walk with God. That's what God wants. He wants time with you. How about church attendance? We'll call that worship. You know, you don't have to come to church to worship God. You ought to worship God every day of the week. You ought to worship God many times throughout the day, throughout your week. But the church is God's plan for his people to assemble. And when we come, we come together to worship God. Why in the world do you think we're singing crown him with many crowns? Some of you are reading those words and you're thinking, I don't even know what those words mean. And I think it's a good study to study the hymns and to see what they mean and to think about what they mean. Well, we're singing these hymns, not because it's praising a man, not because it's praising a church, but we're singing these songs because they're songs of praise to God. Crown him with many crowns. Our church attendance, that's our worship. How about our soul winning? We use the word witness. You know how you give yourself to God? When you take time to witness to somebody else and tell them what God has done in your life. I wonder how's your witness been? I know that's one area in our church, and I'll talk more about this in the weeks to come. But that's one area we need to push the reset button in. I think with COVID, and I think with all the crazy stuff that's been going on, and we've put a lot of time and a lot of effort into getting the Christian school started. And I thank God for that. And we've seen students in that school saved. We've seen parents in that school saved. To God be the glory. But the mission of Victory Baptist Church is not Victory Christian Academy. The ministry of Victory Baptist Church is not this this group or this group. The ministry of our church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And God has given us ministries, given us means, and given us tools to accomplish that. But that is the job of every believer, to be a witness. How do you give yourself to God? You do it through a walk with God. You do it through your worship. You do it through your witness. But then I believe you do it through your work. That's serving God. What are you doing? What am I doing to serve God? What am I doing uh, for the cause of Christ? Well, we do a lot for ourselves, don't we? We, we do what we want to do. But what about doing something for the work of God? God wants your life. God wants my life. So after Christmas, at the start of a new year, at the, at the start of this new year of 2023... We have, friend, we have a Bible that we need to obey. We've got a Bible that we need to read. We need to study, and we need to live it every day. We have a sacrifice to offer, and we have a life that we need to present to God. You may have heard the story. I I heard it years ago, and the truth is I don't even remember where I heard it, but I found a a version of it. There was a boy, a young boy, who was at home, and one day when his dad got home from work, the, the boy asked his dad, he said, Dad, can I ask you a question? The father said, sure, son, what's your question? The boy said, dad, how much money do you make per hour? <laughs> the dad had had a kind of a rough day and was, had a lot on his mind. And so the dad replied to his son. He said, son, he said, that's none of your business. Why would you ask such a thing? The boy replied, he said, I just, I need to know. Can you please tell me how much you make per hour? The dad obviously did not live in Roanoke Rapids, but the dad said, I make $100 an hour. The son replied and said, dad, can I borrow 50? The dad was upset. He was frustrated at this time. He felt like that the son had bugged him about how much he made just so he could ask for money. And so... The dad said, if the only reason you asked is so that you can borrow money to get a silly toy or something else, he said, then you can march yourself to your room and you can go straight to bed tonight. He said, I want you to think about why you were so selfish. He said, I work hard every day to try to take care of you. And he said, I don't have time for this selfish behavior. The little boy quietly went to his room and he shut the door. The man began to think about what he had said, and he began to feel sorry for how he had acted towards his son. So he went down to the boy's room a little later, and after he'd calmed down, and he tapped on his boy's door and opened the door, and the father said, "Son, are you asleep?" The boy said, "No, Daddy, I'm awake." The father said, "Son, I've been thinking. I was probably too hard on you earlier, and spent a long day, and I kind of took out my frustration on you." Here's the $50 that you asked for. The boy was so excited. He said, oh, thank you, Daddy. The boy then reached under his pillow and pulled out crumpled bills that he had set aside there and began to count them slowly. And when the dad saw that the son already had his own money stashed, then he was really upset. And he thought, what in the world am I doing? You've already got money and you're asking for more. What's your problem? The son said, Daddy, I didn't have enough money before, but now I do. Daddy, I now have $100. And Daddy, tomorrow, could I buy just one hour of your time so that we could spend some time together? Of course, the father was crushed. To see that his son was just so desperate to find any way to just spend time with his dad. And in this story, I think we need to reverse the roles and I think we need to realize that in the relationship, it's not the father who's not spending time with his children, but it's the children who are not spending time with our father. You know what God wants from you? He wants you. He wants your life. He wants your time. He wants your love. And have we as God's children, have we gotten so busy that we can't spend 15 minutes a day reading the Bible, 20 minutes a day praying? Have we gotten so busy that we can't spend time in the house of God and come and worship Him? I'll tell you one thing, we, have, we are busy. There's no doubt about it. And life doesn't get slower the longer you live. It gets busier, it seems. And so if we're going to spend time with God, it's going to be on purpose. It's going to be intention. Would you present your body today? Would you present your life a living sacrifice to God? That's what He wants. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.